and uh, we hope that you're having uh, a great time amongst us. Happy Mother's Day. I, uh, it's an exciting day, isn't it? And uh, I love it because I'm so thankful for my mum who gave birth to me, but actually I'm so thankful, having just witnessed the birth, I'm so thankful uh, for my mum for giving birth to me, but I'm also so thankful for so many women who have just poured themselves into me and cared for me and corrected me and taught me. And um, so I just want to say thank you again uh, to every single woman here. You are amazing and we so value you and value the part that you play in this church and the part that you play in each other's lives, in our lives together. And so thank you and bless you. And uh, it's a special day for my wife today because it's her first Mother's Day. And uh, so I'm really sorry she's not here this morning. We're not showing our baby off to the world uh, just yet in kind of Simba style. We'll do it one day. Um, but she, uh, she's still recovering and uh, hope that she'll be here soon. We named our son Gaines Perry and uh, two family names. Uh, Gaines is my great-grandmother's maiden name, if you're wondering. Is it American? Well, it's American kind of sounding, but it's very much from my side of the family, which is nice. It's a nice mix. And then Perry is uh, Juliana's grandmother's maiden name. He's doing great, by the way, just to put it out there. On Sundays recently, uh, we start off just all to say thank you. Oh, sorry, I should have said this. Thank you. We have been overwhelmed by people's generosity and well wishes and just people's love towards us. I was just thinking about it down whilst I was worshiping, just going, it's been incredible. As a church family, can I just say thank you so much. We feel so loved and so accepted here and um, almost makes me a bit emotional. Thank you. Thank you so much. It really means the world to us. And um, we're glad that we're able to bring gains up in a church family like this. It's an exciting place to be. On Sundays, we recently started going through the book of Galatians uh, in the New Testament, this letter written by the Apostle Paul uh, to the church in Galatia, which is just a, a modern part of Turkey, a modern-day part of Turkey. And it's a brilliant letter. It's fantastic. It's packed full of truth. It's full of instructions, not just for the church in Galatia then, but for us in Alton in 2019. As we go through this letter over the coming months, I want to encourage you to allow it to cause you to fall deeper in love with God again. Allow it to stir up your heart with emotion of love for God again. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never known the love of God. You've never experienced it. Join us in this journey over these next number of months as we experience God's love together, as we go through this letter together. It's a fantastic letter. God wants to set us free from religion, from trying to earn our way to him in order that we might live as sons and daughters in relationship with confidence in who God is and who we are. Last week, Andrew shared excellently about what the gospel is. He reminded us that the gospel of Jesus is unchanging and true. We can't turn to a different gospel to save us. We can't change it and add to it or subtract from it. The gospel we received from Jesus, only Jesus, is the true and only gospel. Others may come out with new teaching, but we need to remain in the gospel that saved us. This gospel of grace and mercy. And we looked at 
what the gospel is. And he, he used these different uh, words uh, as he went through the, the word of gospel. And it was gospel, gee, grace, the grace of God. The gospel is the undeserved favor and love of God that can never be earned or repaid. Oh, it's outrageous, unconditional love. S, Spirit, the Holy Spirit who affirms us in who we are in Christ and strengthens us. P, peace with God. It brings peace. The gospel brings peace with God. We're suddenly made right with God. It replaces fear. E, everybody needs to know it. Everybody needs to know it. This, this grace and love is for all. No matter what you've done, no matter who you've been, or how far you've fallen, it is for everyone. And L, it calls us to bring a living sacrifice. That everything that we do, everything that we're about, is a sacrifice of worship to God. And so we get to today. Today we are looking at just, believe it or not, one verse. One verse, one really important verse. But we're going to read it in its wider context first. So if you've got a Bible, turn to Galatians chapter 1. And we're going to start and just recap with verse 1 again. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me. To the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm astonished. That you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Verse 10. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Let me read that verse again. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Let me pray. Father, we love you. We love you, Lord. We're overwhelmed by your love towards us, Lord God. We're amazed by it. Another day, another day of your grace. Another day, Lord God, where you show unconditional love towards us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the women amongst us, Lord. Thank you for the way that they love and care and serve. Thank you, Lord, for the example that they are. Thank you for the way that they uh, reflect your image. I pray your blessing upon them today, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, as we 
look at your word together, Lord. I pray that we would hear your voice and you teach us, Lord, to respond to it in, with action. Lord, that we wouldn't just let it pass into one ear and out the other, but God, we would hear your heart towards us and respond. Help me to respond, Lord God. Help each of my brothers and sisters here to respond to you, that we would know your heart towards us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We all live to please someone. We all seek the approval of others at some point in our life. I love to please my wife. I love her to be just, just to be pleased with me, to approve of me, to hear her say thank you or well done or you did really good. I'll be completely honest and say I absolutely love hearing that. The danger is living to please someone, seeking the approval of someone can lead to finding our worth in people and not in God. Maybe for you it's pleasing your boss. Maybe your teacher or your parents for those in synergy. Maybe it's pleasing your friends. Maybe it's pleasing yourself that you're willing to go to any lengths to please yourself no matter what it does to others. In social media, we can end up doing anything for, a, for another like. Post any image on Facebook or Instagram in the hope that people would tap that heart button. Just one more like. That they would like and approve of our life. Synergy. Where's Synergy this morning? They've gone down. All right. They're not here this morning. If you've got teenagers who are using WhatsApp, it can be so easy to get onto something like WhatsApp or Instagram and seek our worth in finding just another, another message come through, another response, that vibration in our pocket of our phone going off, just another tap of like, of approval. For leaders, the temptation is to make decisions that aim to please those who follow you rather than making decisions out of vision and belief that it's the right decision, that it's what God's called you to do. Friends, whether we realize it or not, each of us, all of us, will struggle at times with seeking to please people over God, from the youngest to the oldest in here. Paul's writing this verse and saying we all live for someone's approval. Do we live for other people's or do we live for God's? And so with that in mind, I want to ask each of us three questions this morning. I want us to ask them of ourselves. The first is this, whose approval do I live for? Whose approval do I live for? The second is, am I approved by God? And the third is, how do I live to please God? And we're just going to go through these three questions. So firstly, whose approval do I live for? Whose approval do I live for? Paul's writing about this to the Galatians because we can so easily say things or act in a way that aims to please other people, that pleasing people becomes our motivation for doing things. In this context, Paul is saying, don't accept another gospel. Don't let false teachers sway you to a new modern way of thinking. The gospel that Jesus proclaimed 2,000 years ago remains the same life-changing, powerful, only gospel that there is today. This gospel of grace and mercy, of love and transformation is only available through Jesus. It's not a self-help 
gospel where we earn part of the way there ourselves, if we only act a certain way in public. It's not that if we please the leaders of our church or, or my small group or my youth group, then God will accept me. No. Paul's saying don't water down this gospel. Don't try and make it something different to win this person or please that person. The gospel of Jesus is the same for today and we'll receive it as a whole. Not picking and choosing the bits that we like, but avoiding the bits that make us uncomfortable. Now we need to be aware of the culture that we're living in. We need to be aware of the people that we're trying to reach out to. But we are not of this world. Paul writes in Philippians 3 verse 20, we are citizens of heaven. We belong to and live for a different kingdom, different to the one in which we currently reside in. I'm not first British or English, but I'm first a citizen of heaven. That is where I get my identity from. As Christians, we are made to be different from the world. There's supposed to be something so different in us, so true and attractive that it causes others to desire Jesus themselves. Our temptation is to make decisions in our life that we find acceptance from our friends, neighbours and colleagues. I was chatting with a friend of mine a couple of years ago who told me that when we were at school together, it was because of my desire to really uh, live my life for God, because of my desire to stick to what I believed in, that it caused him to ask questions about God and it caused him to then discover God. And years later, he's now leading a church in Birmingham and seeing people saved and added to the kingdom of God. Amazing. I, I never realized it at the time, but decisions I was making that I thought was costing me actually were proven fruitful for the kingdom of God. Sadly, I could tell you countless stories where I've not made that decision, though, where I've sought the approval of people over the pleasing of God, where I've not prayed for the sick, in case I, th I was thought of as being weird, where I've not given my tithe out of trying to please myself and spend on myself instead. At 15, I was invited round a friend's house after school to watch a film. Little did I know that I was being invited round to watch an unrated film. I sat there throughout, trying to look away, trying to be accepted, but not take part in it. The reality is that they all left thinking that I accepted what was going on, that I was happy with the film that was being shown. I hadn't complained or made a sound. I longed for their approval so much I took part in something I knew wasn't pleasing to God and I knew wasn't good for me. It wasn't what he'd made me for. It all comes down to this. Whose approval do I live for? Who am I looking to accept me today? What actions am I taking today that other people might show their acceptance of me? Perhaps you're here this morning at Harvest Church on Mother's Day because you've come along to please your mother. Maybe you're here because someone in your family asked you to come and you're here to please them. I believe God this morning wants to speak to people who are here this morning only because you're trying to please someone else. And he wants to say this to you. I take great pleasure in you. That's what Sean brought earlier. It just, just resonates again. I take great pleasure 
and joy over you. I took pleasure in creating you and forming you. I took pleasure in giving you personality and character. I had fun and took care with your hair color, head shape, body shape. I've made you and take great delight in you. I love you. That's how God feels about you. You might think that you're here this morning for someone else. God wants you to know that he's planned that you are here this morning, that he can tell you how much he loves you. He wants you to hear his voice of love and acceptance over you this morning. Many of us here this morning could slip into thinking or uh, of wondering, well, why would God love me? And it leads me well into the second question. Am I approved by God? Am I approved by God? The biggest reason we seek approval from others is because we are unsure if God approves of us. And so we seek it elsewhere. We're unsure, does God really approve of me? Does he love me? And so we end up trying to seek affection and acceptance elsewhere. Do we know how God really feels about us? What he thinks about us? You see, the danger is that we could walk away this morning thinking, okay, I must not live for the approval of others. I must work hard at not seeking the approval of others. And we can turn and think, I must live for God's approval. I need to earn God's approval. I need to prove to him that he should love me. Friends, please, please, please do not leave this morning thinking that. That is not the gospel of the Bible we've just been reading from. That is not the message that Jesus came to share with the world. It's not the one, it's not one of that you need to do better. You must do work, you must work harder. You need to please God, not people. I'm sorry if, if as Christians we've ever shown that sort of message to you. If we've ever given that impression. When my son Gaines Perry entered the world two weeks ago, he had done nothing. In the last two weeks, he's pretty much done nothing. <laughs> he's done nothing but sleep, pee, poo, spit up a fair bit cry a lot he looks at me pretty scared which is understandable <laughs> and then he sleeps some more he's not paid rent <laughs> i'm looking forward to the day when he does <laughs> he's not smiled at me apart from when he passes wind he's not cooked a meal or brought anything to the table in that sort of way he's not even cleaned up after himself <laughs> and yet i love him I love him to bits. When he came out, he was looking my way. I was like, wow. I love him. In all his blueness to begin with, I love him. He's completely got my heart. He's my son. He's my boy. He doesn't have to do anything to earn my love. He's got it because I'm his dad. He's got my love. Because God's given him to us to raise and care for, he's got my love. He's got my pleasure in him. He's got my delight over him. Friends, that's exactly how God feels about you. But multiplied. He looks at you and goes, that's my child. That's my son. That's my daughter. I take so much pleasure in you. From the day you were formed and came out into this world, I take great pleasure over you. 
you're a reflection of your Father in heaven. Asking, does God approve of us, is the wrong question. Here's the question we need to ask of ourselves. Have we received God's acceptance and approval of us? Have we received God's loving approval of us? Do I live knowing I'm accepted because of Christ? In Ephesians 1, Paul writes, In Christ we have been chosen. I love the story in the Bible of Jesus meeting this man called Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had done so much wrong. He'd stolen, he'd taken from those of his own people, he'd taken it all for his own gain. And yet he hears of Jesus coming to his town. And so he climbs up this sycamore tree and he, and he looks out. He's a small, wee little man, was Zacchaeus. And he looks out, he's like, desperate just to see a sight of him. Jesus, you would have thought, would have just passed straight past him. Gone, Why on earth would I be interested in Zacchaeus? He's a guy who's robbed from our people. But he looks up at him, looks up into the tree, looks up into his eyes and says, Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house. I want to come to your house. And they go to the, his house and they spend some time there and we don't know what's said, but out of it, Zacchaeus is changed. He comes out wanting to give everything away. Everything I've stolen and more, I want to give away. Friends, as we understand that God delights in us, he takes time in us. As, as Jesus went to Zacchaeus and said, I want to come to your house, that was a big deal. That was a big deal. In front of the whole crowd, Jesus didn't try to please the people. He said, I want to come to your house. I want to come to your house. I want to sit in your house. I want to eat your food. I want to enjoy your company. I, I enjoy your company. I love spending time with you. Zacchaeus came and he rested in Jesus' acceptance and it changed him. Friends, when we read the Bible and discover the character of God, we find the one of mercy, one of delight, one of love for his creation. The one who so desired that you and I would find our source of acceptance in him, that he sent Jesus to die and be rejected, that we could be accepted. Jesus was rejected, scorned, hated, and hung on a cross, that as we find our hope in him, as we place our faith in him, as we turn from our life without him, we find a God waiting for us with acceptance and love and approval in his arms. He took our sinful thoughts. He took our sinful actions and our inactions and he accepted them on himself. That those who trust in Jesus would follow him and find freedom and acceptance and love. We can know the approval of God. Not because we've earned it, not because we've made ourselves right with him, not because we've paid him back by going to church for 20 years. No, because Christ has taken our sin and rejection on himself, that we might know acceptance. It brings us to our third question this morning. Because if we've received this acceptance and approval from God, we find ourselves saying thank you. Like Zacchaeus, we end up desiring to be different, desiring to live for the pleasure and approval of God. And we ask this question, how do I please you, God? Lord, I, you've changed me. You accept me as I, I want to live for you. As we receive the great gift of grace, we're left changed going, Lord, if 
for all that you've poured out on me, I want to pour it back out to you. If you're living to please God out of duty or trying to be right with God, friends, you've missed the true message of Jesus. We first need to accept God's acceptance of us, of our sin, of our mess. He takes it all. He doesn't say, right, I'll take only the good bits of you. No, he says, I'll take it all. I'll take it all. I'll take the mess. I'll take the chaos. And then grateful hearts explode with thanks and a desire to please God in everything that we do. When we truly understand our acceptance in Christ, we're truly able to live out our life for him. Let me say that again. When we truly understand our acceptance in Christ, we're truly able to live out our life for him. When we're marked with this stamp of approval on our lives, that no matter what we say or do, we are loved, accepted, forgiven, it causes contentment and joy to bubble up in us, resulting in our freedom to live for God. We're no longer held down. As we realize we're accepted, we're freed to live for God. It means that our whole life, every thought, every action, every decision for our families, every relationship decision, every treatment of the people that we meet, every hope and every dream becomes an act of worship in our life, an opportunity to live a life pleasing to God. Worship isn't just the singing of songs on a Sunday. It's the decision to love the person who sinned against you 50 times. It's the decision to save yourself until marriage because you know that's God's best for us. It's the decision to spend time as a family praying and seeking God. It's the decision to choose where to live based on where God's called you to be, not for selfish gain. It's the decision to choose to give to others and to God out of the riches that he gives us each week. It's the decision to choose to serve others and to give up our time for other people. It's the decision to share the gospel with those who need it, showing compassion and love to people who are in desperate states. It's all part of worship. It leads us to think in every situation, what is God's view on this? How can I please God through this situation? How can I please God through this conversation? Suddenly, God's view on our life is our highest priority, above our family, above our friends, above our boss, above even ourselves. Friends, Paul's writing this to say this to us. We have an option. Live to please God or live to please people. They don't complement each other well. It's one or the other. But he's also writing, writing it that we wouldn't live to please God out of religion. We've been freed from religion. That's the title of this series, Freed from Religion. He doesn't want us to please him out of fear or out of routine. He wants our hearts, that our desire to live to please him would come out of relationship with him out of receiving his grace and being secure in his acceptance of us i'd like to finish before we respond with a song by asking these questions of ourselves as i read them ask them of yourself ask your qu- these questions to yourself take time this morning or go away and think about them a little bit later firstly who in my life 
am I seeking to find approval from? Who in my life am I seeking to find approval from? Secondly, where in my life am I allowing the approval of people to shape my decisions and define me? Where in my life am I allowing the approval of people to shape my decisions and define me? Thirdly, have I received God's acceptance of me fully? Have I received God's acceptance of me fully? And fourthly, what areas of my life is God touching on this morning that I can offer to God this week in worship? Where in my life is God touching this morning that I can offer to him in worship? Each of those questions are very personal to you. Your answers will be very different from the person sitting next to you. They'll be different from mine. Paul gives us this warning though. If we're if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. It's quite a shocking, like, oh, sobering kind of statement, isn't it? God wants to bring freedom to us this morning. He wants to free us from religion, free us from trying to earn our way to God, free us from trying to please people, free us from fear of mankind, and instead wants us to be free to rest in his acceptance of us. Rest in his good pleasure over us. Rest in him that we might serve him and enjoy him in every area of our life. I'm going to ask the band to come up and we're going to sing a song in a moment. I just want to ask you to be really bold right now. And uh, it might be one person or it might be many and that's absolutely fine whatever way it is. If you feel like God's speaking to you in any kind of way this morning, maybe through some of those questions, just going, yeah, I just feel like that's hitting, hitting a subject there. I just want you to stand where you are. And we're just going to respond to God together. As you respond, you do what you need to do. You might want to find some space. You might want to kneel. You want to raise your hands. Just rest in his acceptance of you. We love you, Father. Heavenly Father, who pours out his love on us. We love you. The one who sent Jesus to die in our place. The one who accepts us accepts us despite our rejection of you. Oh God. Oh God, you're an amazing God. We love you, Lord God. We find it out incredible that you would accept us. We find it incredible that your approval over us is certain, that it's true. Lord, that you take our rejection, that you take our sin and our shame and you replace it with your acceptance and love and grace. Lord, I pray that we would be a church that loves to please you. A church that loves to live our lives as, as a whole life of worship to you, Lord God. That in every area, Lord God, we wouldn't seek the approval of man, but God, we would seek your approval. Lord, we would love to please you. 
we'd love to worship you in everything that we do. Lord, I pray, change our hearts, Lord. Change my heart, Lord. Change my heart, Lord God. Change me from this day forward, Lord God, that I would live for you, that I wouldn't live out of fear of this person or that person, about being rejected by this group or that group. Lord God, that we, as a group of people, would live under your pleasure and under your purposes for us. Lord God, bless us. Bless us. Lord, we need your spirit. Pour your spirit out on us, Lord God, that we would know affirmation that we're yours, that we're sons and daughters, that we're loved and accepted. In Jesus' precious name. Let's stand together and let's sing.